loud as you can lift it. God, Matthew chapter 27, I'm going to be reading verses 1 and 2, 15 through 26, then I want to give honor to Brother Riley who is hosting this and over your men in this region, give honor to your chairman, Brother Johnson, and the music was great, the horn playing was excellent, the music was excellent, and uh, the fellowship has been good. And the Lord's presence has been real. Good to see all my friends. I want to thank Brother Cox for that king's cake. I'm not much of a sweet eater, but I did take a couple of bites of that. Then my wife had to go out and buy half a gallon of milk. She liked it so well, so she's tearing up on that. But that was very nice of you to buy that for us, Brother Cox. Thank you. And then all the other great, great things, the hospitality, the room. Uh, Brother Riley has fed me well. And uh, I was about to famish before I got here, but I've kind of picked up a little bit. So, so God's been good. God's been good. God bless you. All my friends, appreciate you being here. I love ministry. I love preaching. I love men of God. And I love saints. I love saints. If you're not going to love people, you don't need to be a preacher. You need to go out and dig a ditch somewhere or something. But, man, I don't know. I just love people, love to watch people, and I care about people. But um, we're living in in a strange day. It's just a weird day. The spirits that have been belched out of hell are sinister. They are sneaky. They they kind of give you the frog in the water uh, impression. You know, the world's heating up gradually, and and we're standing in the middle of it. And before you know it, we're going to be boiling to death. You can't sleep in this hour. The Bible warns against sleeping a sleep of death. But so it is. So it is, brethren. You've got to watch and you've got to pray. There's no easy way around it. I think the days of just coming to church and going through the motions of, of apostolic Pentecostalism, that's over. It's been over for a long time. We've got to genuinely have a experience with God that is revived continually revived not just when an evangelist comes it's not the evangelist's job to revive you every year or twice a year or three times a year it's really not the pastor's job to try to get you to stay revived it's a personal responsibility to stay revived 
a personal responsibility. So um, I thank God for, for the potential that's in this house and for what I feel in my spirit. I feel very positive in my spirit that there's going to be some great results come from you great men. I think their families, some families are going to come back. What a revival. Wouldn't that be a great revival? Families coming back, churches going, growing, and don't, you know, if you're a pastor here and your church ain't growing like you all think it ought to grow, or you just keep on doing what you know you're supposed to do. You can sow, and you can water, but you cannot bring an increase. Only God can do that. But I do know by experience, if you sow long enough and you water long enough, Something's going to come up. So just keep on doing what you know is right. Matthew chapter 27. I'm going to start reading at verse 1 and verse 2, and then we'll go to verse 15. When the morning was come, all the chief priests and elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. And when they had bound him, everybody say bound him, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor, chief priest and the elders of the people. They counseled to put Jesus to death. And when they had bound him, bound him, devils can't bind him. Hell can't bind him. But the will of man can bind him. The will of man can bind him. Verse 15, now at that feast, the governor was wont to release, everybody say release, unto the people a prisoner whom they would. And they had then a notable prisoner called Barabbas. Therefore, when they were gathered together, Pilate said unto them, whom will ye that I release unto you? Barabbas or Jesus, which is called Christ. In the book of Luke, his account was that Pilate asked them three times before he made a decision. Whom, will you re- whom do you want me to release to you? Three times. Verse 18, for he knew that for envy they had delivered him. When he was set down on the judgment seat, his wife sent unto him, saying, Have thou nothing to do with this, with that just man? For I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. But the chief priest and the elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask Bar- Barabbas and destroy Jesus. Religion wanted him destroyed. The governor answered and said unto them, Whether of the twain will ye that I release unto you? And they said, Barabbas. Who do you want me to release unto you? Barabbas. Pilate saith unto them, What shall I do with Jesus, 
which is called Christ, they all say unto him, let him be crucified. And the governor said, why, what evil hath he done? But they cried out the more, saying, let him be crucified. They couldn't tell him that there was an evil that he did. It was just the will of the people. The will of the people. When Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but that rather a tumult was made, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. See ye to it. Then answered all the people and said, His blood be on us and on our children. His blood be on us and on our children. Verse 21, the governor answered and said unto them, Whether of the twain will ye that I release unto you? They said, Barabbas. My subject this morning is what are you releasing into your world? What are you releasing into your world? I want you, if you would, put your Bibles down. Let's lift up our hands. Let's ask God to help us today. Can you lift your voice? Jesus, you can be seated in Jesus' name. The will of the people, persuaded by chief priests and elders, the religious movement of that day. People have a power of choice. Power of a choice is a powerful thing. A choice tells us that and lets us to know that we can do what we want to do or choose to do if we're big enough to do it. The Bible says in the throne room of God that the angels had a one-time choice. Not created like humans, but they did have a one-time choice. And a lot of times people in Bible studies say, how did Satan fall in the presence of God? Wherever there's the power of choice, even if it's a one-time choice, there is the ability to fail. You choose what you want to do. So when Satan chose to be equal with God, never thought he could be greater than God, but he didn't think he could be equal with God. When he chose to take a route of being equal with God, the Bible said God cast him out of heaven. Like lightning fell from the sky. One third of the angels followed him. One time choice. They followed Lucifer. When it was all said and done, the angels that decided to stay are still there. Never to be removed from heaven. 
or the presence of God or the command of God. The angels that had fallen will never be reinstated. That one-time choice had sealed them for eternity. Choice, powerful, powerful thing when a man can choose what he wants to do, who he wants to serve, what he wants to give himself to. I've had men come into my office and say, and women, I don't love my spouse anymore. And I said, who's your boyfriend? Who's your girlfriend? Because if you're not going to love your wife or your husband, you're going to love somebody. It's about choice. It's about choice. You seek the things above. It's about choice. Not things in the earth. It's about choice. You're going to choose what you're going to give yourself to. And the Bible tells us that when Jesus had come before the chief priest and the elders, they were so threatened by his power. He was the Messiah. They didn't want to recognize that. But eyes, blinded eyes were being opened and the lame were walking and the deaf were hearing. The dead were being raised in old Judaism, the religion of Judaism. And when we speak of religion today, I want you to know I'm going to clarify it. It's not just something you do religiously when we use the word religion. Religion, people use that as a as a, a, a title of Christianity. And it's not that. It's not that. When we use the word religion, a lot of times it's human-based. Man-made. Man-made doctrines. Man-made teachings. And a lot of times the, relig- the word religion comes from, in my opinion, through study, comes from the Council of Nicaea 325 A.D., That is religion, man-made. It brings into play the mark of the beast. Brings into play the mark of 666, the number of a man. It brings into play what man can do. And when these chief priests and elders that thought that they were doing the will of God, but they could not even recognize the Messiah, he became a threat to them. Because now he was not just in flesh. He was the word incarnate. He was God manifest in the flesh. He was walking among them. And the God that they were supposed to be serving was the God that was walking among them. And they could not even put it together. Jesus came healing, saving, working But it was the will of man that said, you are interrupting our religious movement. Their will was to put Jesus to death and to bind him up. And so they did. And whenever anything comes to bind Jesus up, in a roundabout and indirect way, it's a type of the Antichrist working through us. Any time a man goes against the word of God, that's an antichrist spirit fighting against the power of God's word and the man Jesus Christ and the work of God.
The Bible lets us to know that whenever, whenever we worship anything other than the Lord Jesus Christ, that's an antichrist spirit that's fighting against because every other God in the world is going to cause you and demand you to turn your back on him and follow the idol or the gods of this world. Somebody's going to have to stand up in this generation. Somebody. I know I said it last night, but I need to say it again. There's got to be some men. We need some men that can make right choices. They bound Jesus, the Bible said. Matthew 26, 57 speaks and says, Those who seized Jesus led him to Caiaphas. The high priest, scribes, and elders gathered. 58 says Peter followed him at a distance or afar off. Peter followed him at afar off when they came to take hold of Jesus in that garden. Religious rulers, Judaism, had become weakened by man's governing. God built a temple, allowed him to build a temple. But because man was in control of the temple, he had to cleanse it twice in his time on earth. He had to cleanse it. When man's in control of heavenly things and he don't pray, don't seek God, God has to cleanse his temple. He has to drive out those things that have taken the place of prayer and the supernatural. The last time Jesus cleansed his temple, the Bible said he drove out the men, the gainsayers. He drove out those that were selling and being deceitful in their selling and buying. And when he did, the lame and the deaf came in. And the Bible said God healed them. The Lord healed them. Whenever God takes over his church, there's going to be signs and wonders take place. Whenever God's spirit is in control of his church. This ain't man's church, folks. This ain't man's way. This ain't, the way I believe, my opinions mean very little. The word of God is true. And every man is a liar. This is God's church. Jacob said, I saw a ladder. This is the gate into heaven. If anybody's going to be saved, they got to come through the womb of the church. God's church. God's church. This is where great things take place. This is where your soul gets renewed every day. Every time you come to the house of God. Jesus said, if man's in control of it, you're going to be discouraged and depressed and suppressed. And you're going to live in a comfort zone. I want to tell you one of the greatest things the man of God can do to his church is to preach every once in a while and stir the nest. Just to see where the spirit of the people are. Just to see what they can handle. I want you to know, man, this is the church of the living God. And when God's in control of it, the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. (laughs) 
But religion, man-made, man's ways come in. And they bind up Jesus. They bind up Jesus. The devil can't come in here and grab the Spirit of God and say, you're not going to move. The devil can't come in. I don't even know where this is coming from. The devil can't come in here and take hold of the presence of God and say, you're not going to liberate these men and you're not going to set them free and you're not going to heal their mind. The devil can't do that. But the will of man can stop it. I think there needs to be a prayer go up this morning. Not my will, but thy will be done. I wish somebody just praise him like you mean it right now. I wish somebody would praise him like you really mean it. Praise him and let the devil know. You're not going to control who I am, what I worship, when I worship, how I live. You need to praise God and let the devil know he's not in control of your life. Somebody needs to release Jesus in your world. The ways of man binds up the Savior. The ways of man seizes a deliverer. The ways of man locks up a Messiah. And then broken hearts stay broken. Bound up souls stay bound. The mournful keep mourning. The depressed stay in depression. But when somebody releases Jesus... In your world. It don't matter what the world does, folks. It does matter what you do. Then you're going to release a deliverer. And you're going to release a savior. And you're going to release a healer. Religion takes the true experience of Jesus and dilutes it down. No commitment. I'm a believer. I hope I can say this like I feel it. I have heard it so many times. I'm a believer. I'm a believer. That's a self-delusion. When people feel like they're saved, but they're still in sin. That's a contradiction. What did God save you from? Or do you believe God saves you in your sin? I believe he saves us from our sin. Come on, you need to step out of that delusion. It's not the will of God you keep on sinning, brother. 
It's not the will of God you keep on fighting that spirit. It's the will of God that you turn your will over to the will of God and let there be restoration and let there be healing and let there be deliverance. Come on. i got to release him. I just feel that in my spirit. I've got to release him. Somebody got to release him today. Somehow or another in your will. I'm not ever going to do that. I'm not ever going to serve him like that. I know the pastor preaches all this, but I'll never be able to live all that. I'll never be able to worship like that. And I'll never be able to pray like that. And I'll never. Oh, yes, you can. If you'll just will it to be. I'm not going to worry about my pride and I'm not going to worry about what people think. I'm going to worry about letting Jesus loose in my world and in my family. I just want to preach a little bit here. The reason why some of your families are locked up. Please, I'm not here to criticize. Man, I'm feeling this in the Holy Ghost. The reason why some of your families are locked up and some of your wives are locked up and your children are locked up is because maybe somewhere in your life you willed God to stay at a distance. Pharaoh said, you can go, Moses, but don't go too far. Don't go too far. You can go, but don't take your children. I'm telling you, when we leave Egypt, you need to let the devil know, I'm taking my wife, I'm taking my kids, and I'm going to go all the way. I wish somebody would run with this brother. He's ran around this church ten times. We need some runners, and we need some dancers, and we need some shouters. We need some warriors. We're going to release it. We're releasing it. We're releasing it. We're going to release liberty in our churches. We're going to release joy into our churches. I'm not going to live for God in depression. I'm going to live for God with joy. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Living for God's not a chore. Living for God's a joy. It's a joy. With joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. We're going to release power. When we release Jesus, we're going to release power. We're going to release joy. We're going to release miracles, signs, and wonders.
You need to take back what hell's taken away from you. You need to get back your joy. You need to get back your power. Get back your children. Get back your family. Revival. That's my responsibility. I'm going to say something. I don't, I'm not a negative person, and I don't want to have to justify everything I say. But I want to tell you this, and I'm not just telling you this. I know. Been a lot of places. Too many apostolic churches are afraid to really let Jesus loose in their church. And because of that, too many men are afraid to let Jesus loose in your home. You're not afraid of failure. You're afraid of the price of success. You're afraid of the commitment and the devotion. But let me just tell you this. Once you make up your mind that you're going to live for God and give God preeminence in your life, you're opening your door to a brand new world. a few minutes to stay where you are. Religion. Man-made ways. Don't believe in anything it cannot control. I preached at a church one time. Revival. First week, man, it's like pulling teeth. I preached my guts out. Nobody moved. My wife would get on that piano and sing a little song. They'd shout and run. I got done that first week. He paid my wife. That don't go over good with an alpha male. Second week... Fasted, prayed. Man, they just look at me. She get up and sing a little song. They just run and dance. That third week, man, I said, I'm not eating a bite until this thing breaks. Six days later, I go in there and start preaching. That thing breaks wide open. People running, shouting, carrying on, talking in tongues. Man, the pastor comes up and jerks my coat and steps in front of me. It says, church, sobriety. In other words, calm it down. I'm in control around here. Jesus ain't got nothing to do with this. So churches are bound. No more miracles. No more joy. No more power. My, 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 my. 
But when we say, you know what? I'm stepping out of the way. Take it over, Jesus. When you let Jesus loose in your church, you're going to get everything the book of Acts has told you you can have. Revival. Souls coming in. Revival. Souls coming in. Revival. Souls coming in. It's not the will of God for us to be barren. It's the will of God for us to reach our world. It's Ron Tiller. Saturday morning rolls around, and I'd venture to say 90% of you men don't do no outreach at all. You're worried about just making it yourself. That's a sign that you're in control of your own life. Jesus ain't loose. I'm going to be sad. I just want to come to church. Just leave me alone. I want to come to church, hear a good little sermon. Then I want to go home, and I want to try to make it to work on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Then I want to come take Saturday off. Man, I'm wore out. You think you're the only one in the world wore out? You're not serving your body. You're not serving your flesh. You're serving Jesus Christ, the King of kings. Buses need to be started. Doors need to be knocked. Bible studies need to be taught. What are you saying? But to, that's the work of a man. That's the work of a man. When we lift our hands, let's praise him right now. Whom do you want me to release? They said Barabbas. And then let the blood of Jesus be on us and on our children. We're talking about man-made religion now. I want to tell you how I believe the curse of that statement still flows today. Through the vein of tradition. Mama was a good Baptist. Grandma was a good Baptist. The curse of the blood still flows. The 
Jesus. Trinitarianism. I believe it's a curse, and that's Ron Tiller's opinion. It's a curse to come through that blood. So he said, whom, whom do you, I'll get on that in a second. Whom do you want me to release? Barabbas. Barabbas is a murderer. Barabbas is an insurrectionist. Barabbas is a liar. And there's no evil found in Jesus. He's the king of the Jews. Some say the Messiah. He heals. Does good. He don't hurt. He don't cause rebellion. But you want me to release into your world an insurrectionist and a murderer instead of a healer and a savior. Because of the will of the people. Let me just say this. It's not Barabbas that they love so much. As much as it was the ways of Jesus, they hated so much. Brethren, and I can just be honest with this today, right? It's not so much that you love the spirit that's got a hold of you. As much as it is... You just don't like the ways that Jesus calls you to walk. So a man would say, Pastor Tiller, I just don't don't want to. Man, I love I love Jesus, and but I don't want to be baptized in His name. Then an insurrectionist is loosed. And rebellion's loosed. Everybody would say, you know, my grandma was this and grandpa was that. And you know what I tell them? I say, you know what? Tradition is one of the most damnable things that can happen to a person. Some traditions are good. I'm not criticizing. But some are very evil. And I said, what you need to understand is this. You can't help what's happened in the past. But you can sure stop it now and direct your future to a brighter day. You can remove the curse. So they said, give us Barabbas. Give us an insurrectionist. Give us a murderer. And everybody says that, man. They get so callous. Man, I used to work with guys. They'd say, man, I'll go to hell with all my friends and we'll party in hell. Man, you know what? You can release Barabbas into your world if you want to. Everybody seemed maybe to be a little bit happy about releasing something like that. But when he shows up. Your wife's going to start getting on the internet. I'm not. I'm not going to preach. I'm not preaching against the internet. But what I'm saying is this: you don't know what kind of spirit you're letting loose in your home. 
Maybe you, didn't, maybe you and your wife just been in a dry spell, and she needs a little communication. She gets on the Internet and finds somebody that will give her an ear. You can shake your head and deny it all you want to, but it happens every day. A lot of times it's because you released a Barabbas in your home. You didn't want to walk in the ways that God has called you to walk. You didn't want to go the way of salvation, the way of holiness. And now you've released a Barabbas in your home. And your wife now, a good woman, no doubt. But now she's finding comfort on an internet screen when it should be coming from you. And if you was walking in the ways of Jesus, you would have given her that comfort. And you would have nurtured her. But no, you've released Barabbas. And then your kids, kids were good kids in church doing, but now they're thinking about makeup and all this mess. And I'm not saying every kid that goes crazy is because of a product of a parent that went with Barabbas. But what I am going to tell you is this. A lot of them that are out there should have never had the opportunity to get there. Somebody, somebody rejected a message by the pastor. The worst thing that ever happened to a kid is when a parent rejects the preaching of the pastor. Puts confusion in the mind. And you're causing that kid to make a choice between mom and dad and the pastor. When all you should have said is, I may not understand it, but that pastor's on the wall. And he sees things that I'll never see. Brother, if you can't trust your pastor, you can never be saved. We want Barabbas. We want a murderer. We want an insurrectionist. He's a type of Satan. He's a type of the Antichrist. And they said, give us Barabbas. We want him. We want Barabbas. But when he shows up, and you start lying to your wife, you've released him. Ain't nobody else's fault. Ain't the preacher's fault. You released him. You've got the power to release whatever you want to release into your world. But then we got a Messiah. We got a healer. We got a deliverer. We got a savior. We got God incarnate. And we can release him. We want Barabbas, so they let Barabbas loose. And the blood of Jesus trickles down from one generation to another. The only thing that can stop the curse of that blood is when your family receives that blood as its saving and redemptive hope. Through Acts 2.38, not just any religion, you've got to have the name and you've got to have the Holy Ghost evidence speaking in tongues. 
too many men are getting soft on that. We're talking about a born-again experience, a new birth. It don't come through confession of the mouth. It comes through obedience of the word. So, brother, I'm going to ask you a question today. What are you releasing into your world? When I leave here today, I would love to feel in my spirit that every man's going to love his pastor more than he's ever loved him before. He ought to be grabbing. I was preaching at a, at a black church one time. And, uh, man, I was just preaching. And those brothers start coming up. And they take their handkerchief and they on my shoe. I'm an old farm boy. I've walked in barnyards, you know. Man, when somebody starts slapping your shoe, you got something on it, you know. But they So I asked one of them, I said, Why are you doing that? He said, I'm thanking God for bringing me truth. I'm thanking God for a man that's going to help me release Jesus into my family and into my world. I'm thanking God for the feet of the man of God. Brethren, I think right now we ought to raise our hands and I think we ought to release Jesus into this house. Come on, let the healer walk into your home. Let the Savior walk into your family. Let the victor, let the victor walk in your children. I'm releasing a victor into my family and into my world. When I go on the job, I release Jesus on that job. I release Jesus into that workplace. I release healing into that workplace. I release peace into that workplace. I release honesty into that workplace. I'm going to release Jesus. I'm going to release Jesus into my world. Won't you wrap your arms around somebody close to you? Brother, I don't want you to feel like you got to hurry up here. But I want you to lift your voice as loud as you can lift it. I want you to pray with passion. I want you to pray with passion. I want you to pray until you feel hell bound up and the power of God released. It sounds like an army to me. It sounds like an army.
Somebody's let him loose. I feel him walking up and down these aisles. Somebody's letting him loose. Restoration is coming into your spirit. Somebody's letting him loose. If you're going home and letting Jesus loose in your family, then I think it's time we lift our hands and we need to dance about it a little bit. If you're ready to release Jesus into your world, it's time to shout about it. It's time to kick off the shackles. It's time to kick off the shackles. Throw off the chains. I'm a child of God. I am a child of God. I'll take this whole world. Give me Jesus. Just take this whole world.